This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yep, yep, yep. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the CBC Wisdom Hour, number 128 for February 23rd, 2021. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. Hey, what's up, everybody? Tony B, coming to you from New Jersey. All right, I got to turn you up a little bit. I can't hear you so loud. Turn it up, Steve, turn it up. Everybody can hear. Well, when I listen back every week, we can hear uh, you very well. You sound good, and I sound good, too. Um, so... And I think we're good. Great. We're doing this live. It's a thing to do, and it's uh, it's very live. It's very as organic it's as it can be. Uh, but welcome. If you're here and you want to comment, we are using a thing called StreamYard. If you're watching on Facebook, just click that thing in the description that allows uh, StreamYard to show your name so we can address you by name, like Chonk knows how to do. And he said, Que pasa, boys? There he is, Quesadich. Yes, and we're happy to a- answer your questions or address your comments. If you'd like to join in, if you're listening to the podcast on the audio podcast, if you want to join and watch this every week, we do it uh, live on Facebook, on the Cover Band Central Facebook page, and in the Cover Band Central Facebook group. There you go. A lot of places, Steve. It's a lot to tell everybody about. Um, So we have a guest this week. Uh, We're going to chat just me and Tony for a second, but then we're going to bring him in. And it's our first video guest for our first video wisdom hour. We've had guests on the audio show. And I've talked to this guy a couple times, and we'll, we'll tell you all about him in a sec. But um, how was your week? Any any good news? Any any uh, major happenings in yeah, the land of Tony? Great news. We had another five and a half to six inches. <laughs> that came. That was that was more good news, you know. Yeah. Like five feet now this winter. Yeah. But it's so, so Facebook user, what's up, Steve? Facebook user, click that link in the description. Let StreamYard show your name. That's it. Um, but that's yeah, cool. You know, that's about it. Cool. We we uh, finally snapped out of the cold. Had a couple seventy, low seventy degree. Oh yeah, no. Row, so. Sure. So since last time we talked, so Cole, my youngest son, came home for the weekend. So we had Jam Fest uh, for Saturday and Sunday. My oldest son was away, uh, so it was just me and him were at home. So. We uh, 
we spent probably four hours, two hours each day jamming. Jam a bunch of covers, jam some original stuff. It was good. Excellent. It's great. So like, I miss being able to jam where you're not, you don't have a specific goal in mind where, where you're not like, you're not practicing for a show or you're not putting together a new set list. You're not learning a new song. You're just jamming. I, I haven't done that and I can't remember how long. And then we ran through a bunch of Rush songs, you know, that we were working on that he's been practicing as well. Did you watch the video I sent you? I did. That was great. Did you watch the movie? Don't yeah. say what the movie is because we're going to do Stump the Drummer I again. I didn't, I didn't watch the movie, but I, I like where he's like, is that my sandwich? <laughs> That's the best line, I think. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll address that more later. Steve's got it. What's up, Steve? There he is. All right. Let's bring Mike in. Um, I, I met this guy a couple of years ago. Who's who are we having on our guest tonight, Steve? His name's Mike Schulte. He plays in a band called the Pork Tornadoes, one of my favorite bands out there in the United States. Cover bands that, that are uh, great musicians, just great guys, and uh, creative as hell, and motivated as hell. And, and we're going to talk a lot about that, about what Mike does. Um, but I met him a couple of years ago. Uh, he was in the CBC group, I believe, and. Uh, contacted me and interviewed me for his podcast, which he still does. And uh, we'll talk about that too. And then I had him on, uh, I had him on video twice, right before New Year's, because um, his band was playing a virtual New Year's Eve show where they sold tickets. And we'll, we could touch on that too. But here we go. Mike Schulte, what's up, buddy? Hey, fellas, how are you? Very good. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. I wish I had a sick background like both of you guys. I'm just like, look at my wall. Just beautiful drum set, mixing board. Hey, I got a thing on my wall. <laughs> I can't even tell what that thing is. Either. It's, you know, it's just something. <laughs> it's it's art. just something. Art. It is very artistic. <laughs> That's the wisdom whistle. Welcome to the wisdom hour. Wisdom error. And Tony will blow it at random occasions. Of course. I believe wisdom is spoken or something of value has been said. So that was, you know, <laughs> nothing to the wisdom. Um, so let's get right to your band. Like um, the Poor Tornadoes, you guys have been around for a long time. And for those who, who don't, Great. haven't heard of you, don't know about you at all, give everybody just a quick history of your band. Yeah, yeah, world's worst uh, band name. That that is that is the, we hold that <laughs> title currently. Uh, we we've been around for twelve years now. We're located uh, in Iowa, technically started in Cedar Falls, Iowa, but we started off like like many bands do, right? You know, you you give it your shot in the original music venue, and you just don't make it. Now you're kind of an adult, but you still want to play music. Oh, kind of an adult is, is correct. Of, yeah. like, I'm still not an adult, but I'm getting there, right? And right. You, you know, you, you you get together with some friends. You want to play some bars. You want to play some tunes. This was actually back in college. We just started playing. And, you know, over time, the thing grew into more of an entity than, than we ever thought it was going to grow into. And... Uh, Combine that with some uh, some YouTube success, some viral video success uh, over the past five, six years. We've just kind of evolved into this machine that just goes and goes and goes, and we just kind of enjoy the ride. Marianne said, hi, Mike. Good to see you. Hey, Marianne. She's a, she's a big CBC. She's in that VIP group. 
Yes. Yes. The VIP group, which is, is, is not very active and it's not, uh, and if you're still paying for it, Mike, I hope you're not, but if you, if you are, please stop. I'm, I'm gladly contributing my, uh, what is it? $1 a month. It's <laughs> something glad, like that. Glad to do it. All right. Thank you. I, I mean, I kind of, I was really working on it for a while and then just sort of dropped the ball and went on to other things. But, um, yeah, so you guys, uh, are, are staying active still through the pandemic. Um, doing whatever you can and uh you know you did the, the new year's show and that was the last time i talked to you like this so um talk about the results of that and doing the live stream and, and charging tickets and stuff i'll tell you what I, I i've been very vocal about um the the time we we've passed the time of free live stream music you know we, we've gone past this it's it was fun in march it was fun in april everybody was doing it keeping their names alive but it's just we can't it's the equivalent of living in a town where all all pe people always pay cover to go see bands and then all bars and venues drop cover and it's just free music it's you can't go back from that so uh you know we we decided to do this new year's eve thing where we charge twenty dollars a ticket for a two and a half hour long live broadcast on new year's eve with a countdown and opening bands and we played an hour and a half and you know, we spent a lot of money on it and we thought it, worst case scenario, we lose some cash, but we now have this amazing promo material, but it, it went better than we thought. We sold 550 tickets. Uh, and even better than that, we've now resold that. Uh, we've resold the performance five different times to corporate events that needed virtual entertainment for their, uh, upcoming virtual conference or whatever. It, it was like it is better than we could have ever expected. It's one of the best monetary things that we've ever done, surprisingly enough. And we partnered with local charities and we I think we donated like three grand to local charities from money we raised at the New Year's Eve. So we're going to do it again. I mean, I don't know if the time is is over yet. I think we should we all need to keep doing that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, um, wow, I want to dig a little bit into this because I watched it, and, and thank you for sending that to me. And I loved it. I loved the idea. I love that that you made it sort of a variety event where you're interviewing other people, where some you have different players sitting there, like maybe somebody just playing an acoustic and singing a song. And uh, it, you know, it, it was a variety show. And then you, you ended it with you guys playing, and you did the the whole New Year's Eve countdown. So when you say you're, you're you're selling this to other what for corporate events. Are you talking about just the live performance? Or are you talking about the whole the, the live the cut up live performance? So we we personally made it vague when we recorded it. There was okay. some happy new year stuff in there, but every song when, when we recorded a song, the lights came down, cameras cut. Then we then we got ready for the next song, cameras on, lights up, so that we knew we could chop this up. And so, you know, I talked to an, a corporate event planner friend of mine. She said bands right now are charging fifteen to $20,000 to be the virtual live stream band for these conferences. And, and people are paying it. I mean, like it's, it's insane. They need this content, but we're thinking, well, you know, we don't need to redo this every time. It takes a lot of movement on our end to record one of these. What if we had one that was ready to go that we could charge a much lesser dollar amount to say, we'll throw your logos on there. You can chop it up. You can throw commercials in there from sponsors. Here you go. It's a finished product. And it was surprisingly easy to, to sell this to a lot of people. 
Because, Mike, the heaviest lift is really, like you said, all the planning, right? All the preparation to actually do the event, then to hire the, the sound, the audio, you know, to run through everything. You guys, you know, ready to do it, then actually perform it, right? And then did you perform it in front of an audience? It was a live stream or was it a pre-recorded thing that you put together? Pre-recorded. We had a crew of 20 people there. We had the band, our roadies, five cameramen two audio people and two light guys and and so like that's that's we can't just do that whenever we want to that's a lot of people a lot of money owed to a lot of people so oh yeah for sure we then made sure the audio product was good we remixed it we edited the video how we wanted it to be so it was a it was a massive massive undertaking but now it's done and 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 we've reaped we've reaped the benefits from it afterwards and i think I think any band can do this. I think if you're willing to put money behind your band and say, we are good enough, people like us. And if we do this, people are willing to support us. I, I, I've heard nothing but success stories from anyone around the country that's been doing this. That's a great idea. You know, it's a very viable, real thing that you can do. If you have a, like you said, the ability to do it and be the wherewithal, to people to get behind it and and the funds right because you definitely need some some capital in there to get started but if it's if it is as viable as you say it is you can de- certainly pay those people back you know and, 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 and they may invest in it knowing that too say hey you know i don't have the money to lay out right now but this is our intent this is our, our you know our, our marketing plan and this is what we, we think we're going to make and you know and then pay them that way and we did two, two things to add to that we did a back-end thing we paid everybody kind of a bare minimum and we said, now we'll pay you back when to a percentage of ticket sales because we know you deserve more. We normally pay you more than this. But another thing, it's I thought it was going to be tough to get sponsors. We, we deal a lot with local sponsorships that sponsor our shows. And we did one in uh, April back when, thing, when everyone was home and everyone was watching Facebook Lives. And it was a free Facebook Live, but we had sponsorship that helped pay us for that because there was – 50,000 views that night, right? That doesn't happen anymore. So I figured if we're doing a ticketed live stream, we're only going to have 500 tickets sold. Why would a sponsor want to sponsor 500 families watching instead of 50,000? But think about it this way. You guys have all been on a Facebook live stream. You hit it. You watch it for 30 seconds, a little bit of dead air or a text message pops up on your phone and boom, you're gone. But this is a closed door. You paid money for this. It's on YouTube. It's on your TV. You're going to watch the whole thing. And oh, we yeah. sold three three sponsorships just off of that saying these people will watch whatever you put on this television. So that's another thing that you find those local those local companies that want to invest with you, the local bars, the breweries, whatever. They want to get in front of people. So that's a really good lesson, too, for anybody to learn there. Like you have a preconceived notion like, well, it's because we're doing this, we're not going to be able to do this, but you have to try. You have to just try it anyway. Don't worry about it. Uh, somebody saying no. Um, and I, I, I think that's kind of the thought process is that, you know, if you're selling tickets, that's your income. That's it. You can't have commercials in there, but yeah, yes, you, <laughs> can. Can. Yes, you can. People will, uh, people will, like you said, people will pay for it, that audience. And there's that replay value too. It's not just the first time people see it. It's going to be there as long as you have it up somewhere. And now it's, it's promo material now too. Even if no one bought a ticket, we have, we paid for this glorious piece of like 
beautiful audio and video that now is a press kit for 2021, you know, so it's not all is lost. Right. So you said you're going to do it again. Now, do you mean you're going to do another, a whole round of filming a show? We're going to, it's going to be a little interesting. We have a show on March 6th, which will be, it's at the Paramount Theater. We normally, it's a sold out show. We play it once a year in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. It's 2000 people this year. Clearly they're, they're doing the socially distant seating pods, right? So it's only 600 people. So the income's not as great. We're going to do a storytellers, more acoustic type show, stripped down versions. Okay. We said, well, let's also film it. The same thing we did for New Year's. Sure. Edit it make the video look great. And then in April re- resell that as a ticketed show. So we, we got to, you know, the, the theater's still getting the same money they would normally get. Our production company's getting the same money they would no- normally get, but we are making less because we can't sell as many tickets. So this is the way to, to make more income off of that in the future. Right. It's, it, you know, you build in a library of content too, which at the very least is great for posterity, but you know, at the most there, you can do so many things with it. You can, you can repackage this stuff, you know, 10 years from now in different ways. And, you know, it's about creating content for, for all of us. And just because you're playing covers doesn't mean you can't do the same thing than an original band would. And even more so you want quality, you know, like you said, someone's going to want to hear something that sounds great while they're watching it. You can't just have a great video with crappy sound. People aren't going to watch it, you know? So you need to have both. So like, you know, it, it is an undertaking for sure. I mean, like, as I'm building my studio here, I'm coming across the same thing now, you know, with the, the software that you need and and all the equipment that you need to do it, you know, and I have a lot of, of gear, but it's, it's you know, a big Uh-oh. undertaking. And even Steve, when we shot videos like in the past, when I did it with bands where you would go to, you know, an agency place and you'd pay, you know, 1500 bucks and you're there for the whole afternoon for six or seven hours and you bring all your gear, you set up as quick as you can, you change your clothes and then, you know, you'd start doing the same thing that that Mike's talking about. You know, you shoot your promo video and then it's edited in a way that you use it, you know, for, you know, all your press kits, all, you know, you're up online with it. If, if you look in the book of wedding, you say, yeah, go to our website, check out the wedding specific page. Cause then you change into tuxedos and you do a whole wedding set, you know, and you change back in other clothes, you do a party set. <laughs> but now the landscape has changed to where, like, to your point, Mike, you have, you know, everyone's still in the same boat, so to speak for the ne- next foreseeable, say six months with corporate stuff and needing virtual bands and music. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really, grown into something completely different now like there's so many avenues that you can make you know revenue off of that are going to pay back your investment completely yeah. and the landscape now, has changed yeah and now we've got great new content to throw up on our youtube channel i mean it just it was an endless when we tried to make this decision we go well that'll be cool that'll be cool that'll be cool that'll pay us that'll pay us that'll pay us it was just a no-brainer yeah. to do it and i i really think anybody out there can do the same thing yeah it's it's really about being motivated to do it because you you have to you have to be a self-starter you have to be your own boss it's kind of like what i do with with my thing and what tony does with his stuff too um and what you're definitely doing uh uh your, your podcast is called iowa music podcast and uh i encourage people to go check out that out um that's where uh mike's been doing that for a few years now right yeah, I, I've been doing that, and that's fun. That, that when the moment strikes me, I'll do an episode. Like recently, I the one we were talking about. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, we're yeah. Get deep into that. After, but I've after got we it. play the game, we're going to get into that. But I, I want to plug another one. The one that I do on a regular basis I, is brand new. I started in October. It's called Confused Breakfast, and it is straight '80s, '90s 
movie reviews, like your favorite nostalgic movies from the 80s, 90s. We review them, decide if they actually hold up or not. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. We're getting, getting a lot of press on that. And it's very orchestrated and planned out and and lots of laughs. So check that. If, you, if you're a podcast listener, check that one out. Iowa Music Podcast and Confused Breakfast. Podcast. I love the idea. And uh, so what movies have you done? Spout some off. So the, the one that comes out tomorrow morning is the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 90. <laughs> uh, we've done Speed, Lethal Weapon. We did a few Christmas movies, Home Alone, Santa Claus. We did, uh, uh, yeah, it, we, we've, we've, we're at like 12, 13 movies, but we also do pop culture stuff. So we've talked uh, The Price is Right. We've talked Nickelodeon Guts, that game show when you were a kid. I mean, we, we just talk about all that nostalgic stuff and kind of make fun of it as an adult and be like, why did That's we great. like that? <laughs> I got. It. Do you know who? Uh, you know Ryan George. You know who Ryan George is. Is a YouTuber. I don't think so, dude. You have to go and watch this guy's videos. He he does a thing called pitch meetings. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, it's funny, and he's been doing it for 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 years now. He has over two hundred of those videos, and he's got like oodles of followers, and he's hilarious. And he he plays these characters. It puts a scene where there's a guy who's a, a movie executive and then there's a guy who's the writer coming in and pitching the movie idea. But he's picking, yeah, he's picking movies that we already know, movies that have already been made, and just kind of pointing out the, the idiocy of the plots in, in some of these movies. We accept it, you know, for what it is, but some of it's really ridiculous a lot of times. So he kind of does that and he plays both characters and it's it's quick, you know, he does like a three, awesome. four minute video and dude. It's funny as hell. And, it, you know, same thing. He just picks movies that are favorites yep. from the past. and Very well scripted, um, you know, and he's got little catchphrases and it's like. Catch like oh, you've seen it, Tony? Did you yeah. see it? Did I tell you about it or did you see yeah. it before? I, I'd seen it. You had, you mentioned, we mentioned it back a while ago and then I had actually gone and checked it out. And I watched, And what happens is when you watch one, you end up watching like five. <laughs> of course. Like three other ones, you know, after you're like, oh, man, I got to see that one. And then like, you know, this one and that. Is, it was, and it's funny. The banter is really good. It's got a good script good scripted uh you know back and forth yeah it's brilliant um so yeah everybody check out mike's confused breakfast too i'm, I'm gonna, i haven't listened to it yet but i'm going to it's Is good it on, i'm pretty proud of it it's on soundcloud too I, um, uh, I don't know if it's on soundcloud but it's on every if you go to confusedbreakfast.com, you can click on your favorite platform you know apple spotify stitcher Castbox, all that stuff all right cool um and you said it's 80s movies or just we 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 say eighties, nineties, early two thousands, nineties, yeah, 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 m mostly nineties, but we will stray. We did Karate Kid, you know, that's eighty eight. So we 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 hit all the ones everybody knows. Karate Kid, I just watched for the first time a couple weeks ago. I had never first seen time it ever. First time ever. What? Yeah, because a friend of mine was talking me into watching Cobra Kai, and I was like, well, if I'm yeah. gonna watch Cobra Kai, I have to see the Karate Kid. I've never seen it. So I did. I had surgery. Uh, couple weeks ago again on my elbow and uh you know a couple days of just laying around so i was like all right i'll watch karate kid and i loved it i'm like wow i can't believe i never saw this movie have you gotten into cobra kai i yet? watched the whole thing it, in, it, in like three days that was great cobra kai has officially laid the blueprint for for a proper remake reboot from here on out because they did it right i i heard that people have approached ralph macchio and william zabka for 30 years now saying we got to reboot it we got to and they kept saying no 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 because the script was always like the same thing oh then they 
Right. And th- but for some reason, these guys, these three guys that wrote Cobra Kai, they were the ones that wrote Hot Tub Time Machine. Okay. They, they came up with that weird flip where all of a sudden things are different now. And I think I think it's genius. I think it's genius too. It, it's what a clever, clever idea. It's like, all right, let's take fictional characters from almost 40 years ago and see where they're at now. <laughs> yeah. what's, what's going on now? And for Cobra Kai, it's believable that those two characters are where they are now. Yep. And it's entertaining too. It's funny, you know, the, the mannerisms and like what he's teaching the class and he's, he's, he's like cutting the kids down, like saying ruthless things to him. It's well, great. It's smart too. Like in one of the first episodes, Johnny's student is washing the windows, right? And he's doing this wax on, wax, wax, wax off. And he goes, Sensei, is there any particular way you want me to wash this? He goes, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I enjoyed that whole thing. So I, I got to listen to your episode then. Of, of Yeah, go go with that one. That was a good one, right? Off the get you okay. into it. All right. So I do want to talk about this thing that you, your your last podcast and what you talked about, because you asked me to listen to it, and then I listened to it, and I'm like, as I'm listening to it, I'm like, I wish I was on this so I could talk about this with you like <laughs> in real time. And so I just, just was scribbling notes. I'm like, and, and that's when I wrote the ass like we gotta we gotta talk about this so i have my notes here but some of it since it was a couple it was a month ago maybe almost a month ago or three weeks ago maybe maybe three weeks ago yeah some of it i don't exactly remember what what i was referring to with my notes so but we'll figure it out but first i want to play stump the drummer since you're (laughs) a drummer um we we started this thing on our audio podcast years ago where uh we would just come up with some sort of topic and um, and then I would ask Tony sort of trivia questions and we ended up calling it something drummer. And uh, right. since we have this new medium with the video, I came up with some graphics and, and made it a little more fun. So yeah. people who have either heard this episode, uh, heard the Wisdom Hour last week or seen our episode last week too, you're going to recognize these questions because I didn't write new questions. In all fairness to Tony, I want to see how you guys ah, okay. Go end up head to head who gets most so please don't yell out the answers if you know them <laughs> no. i'll put my phone away i'm not looking yeah but um somebody told me that it was uh it dragged on a little too long so we're gonna we're gonna try to make it sort of a speed round ish thing All right. but you can still talk out your answers you know talk since this is an audio podcast too talk it out um so people hear your your, uh, your line of thinking but I will, I will reduce the dead air between questions. I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. So let me see how I have to do this. Okay. Do you have a theme song? Right. Oh, well, I have this. Stop the drummer. That's right. Oh, yeah. It's Stump the Drummer with Gotta Mike Shelty. Uh, this is how it's going to work. We're gonna. I, I don't know if this is going to cover you on the screen. It might. So, But I, I won't have it up there long. But it will be. There'll be a question. There'll be uh, uh, multiple choice answers, A, B, C, or D, and there will be only one right answer. So you will pick that answer that you think is right. Um, and there, I gave Tony four categories last week, but we're going to give you the same category, okay. which is bass players. Okay, okay. That is your category. I do not play the bass guitar. No, you don't need to. These are just uh, random questions about something about bass players. Ooh, potpourri. I like that. Yeah. Yes. Well, potpourri is not an option. Songs in F sharp minor is not an option. And okay. <laughs> things you can hit is also not an option. So we're going to go 
Here we go. We're just going to dive right in. Question one. What basis is known as the ox? Is it A, Flea, B, Lemmy, C, Geezer Butler, or D, John Entwistle? I, I definitely do not know this answer, but it, there's no way it can be Flea. Uh, Lemmy is known as God, not the ox. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes. Le, that's the can be Lemmy. I, and like Geezer, Geezer Butler seems like a, a nickname. Like Geezer seems like a nickname. So I'm going to go D. D, John I Whistle. That's right. That is who that is, but he is, uh, I'll put that up. He is the, the bass player for The Who. Oh, okay. Yes. Bad. Don't hate me, anyone out there. That's okay. <laughs> Nobody's going to hate you, Mike, but you're one for one. Yeah. And that's a good start. Question number two A five string bass adds what open note is it? A, A, B, B, C, C, or D, E. My bass player is going to kill me. He does play a five string, and I've asked him this question before. I know it's not E because E would normally be the the top string on a four string bass. Uh, I'm going to say B. B, B is what I'm going to say. B, B is your answer? That's right. Uh, yeah. It's a B string. It's a low B. I'm going to get rid of this comment over here. Somebody just gave the answer. I did not see it, though. I just got to get rid of those comments. Okay. So you're two for two. Let's go. Question number three. <coughs> Slap it to base. Yeah. Is from what film? Is it A, 40-year-old virgin? B, this is 40. C, all pass. Or D, I love you, man. As a uh, real estate person in my normal life, I, I know that that is D, I love you, man. That's right. I love you, man. Tony did not get this right. So far, you were three for three. <laughs> yeah. Good man, Mike. Um, yeah, it's a great movie, and and there's a lot of uh, Tony's a big Rush fan. And so so lot. yeah, and you didn't, and you have you not seen that Tony? Then if you're oh, a huge Rush no. fan, nope, I did not. And then oh, when you sent me the link. Now yeah, I had to go back and watch it because he sent me the part where they're in the locker, you know, in the dressing <laughs> room. Neil, Neil's like, "Is that my sandwich you're eating?" <laughs> and that's not from the movie, Tony. That's that was an extra thing that they did. Yeah, but I was saying that 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 part was great. That whatever yes. you sent me, that was. Very funny, very comical. You'll you'll love the movie if you're a Rush fan, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Question number four, Mike. What's the difference between a Fender Jazz and a Fender Precision bass? Is it A, the shape of the headstock, B, color options, C, arrangement of pickups, or D, where they were made? Oh man, it can't. There wouldn't be that big of a difference from color, right? Uh, and like, is the shape of a headstock an important thing? I don't feel like that really makes a difference. Uh, where they were made, yeah, but usually don't they? I'm going to go, just in the effort of time, I'm going to say C, pickups. That's right. It yeah. is the arrangement of pickups. There are P and J pickups. P is for precision. J is for jazz. There um, you go. Did not there know. There you that. go. Four for four, Mike. Killing it. Question five. What bass player has won five Grammy Awards? Is it A, Victor Wooten, B, Jaco Pastoris, C, San Stanley Clark, or D, Marcus Miller? The only name I recognize on that is Victor Wooten, but I feel like that's a trap. I don't think any answers have been A yet, so I'm just going to make a random guess and say B, Jaco. You've been stopped. Actually, the correct ah. answer is A. Victor Wooten, gotta um, go with your gut, you know. In plain Bell, sight, Mike. Go with your go with your instinct. Bella Fleck and the Flecktones, um, mostly is when he 
won those Grammys with that band. And uh, the rest of them have either been nominated or won a okay. Grammy as well, but not five. Okay, question six. Bass and drums are commonly referred to as what? A, two peas in a pod, B, Jekyll and Hyde, C, oil and water, or D, the rhythm section? I'm going to go with E, the most talented people in the band. <laughs> the, the most important people in the band. That's right. <laughs> no, I, it's got to be D, rhythm section, right? That's right. Yes, the other ones I made up, and they're rather silly. Yes. Okay, so you are five for six. She. Going to uh, question number seven. Bassists who play with a pick are <laughs> A, lazy, B, unskilled, C, cheating, or D, fine, leave them alone. Uh, I, <laughs> uh, well, I would say I would say whether this is correct or not on your end, I'm going to go with D, leave them alone. That's right. That's right. They're fine. It should never be a topic of discussion. It, it depends so, on the song, right? It depends on the song. There it depends go. on the kind of tone you want to get out of your bass. There you go. Um, all right. Question eight. Which drummer would most bassists never want to play with? Is it A, Tommy Lee, B, Alex Van Halen, C, Ringo Starr, or D, Lars Ulrich? I mean, okay, so you're saying as a, ba as a bass player. As a bass player. Okay, so, so – I mean, Tommy Lee's a pretty good drummer. Uh, so is Alex. I, I am personally not a Beatles fan or a Ringo Star Star fan, but you know, he he's good. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Lars only because he does not keep time. His time goes like this the whole show. That that's right. Now, yes. now hold on. A lot of people hate on Lars. Lars was one of the most innovative drummers of all time like i mean like the stuff he made it for metallica was very amazing and very unique but like you listen to some live shows like, come on just use a metronome guys yeah yes sure. i said the same thing last week when we were doing this same thing people always hate on lars but he's got to be giving credit where credit is due completely and i agree um i think for metallica he has done a great job as the drummer of metallica but i think he's a horrible drummer Oh, and by the way, it turns out he was right uh, during Na the Napster stuff, guys. He was totally right, <laughs> and we owe him, him an apology. Right, right. Sorry, Lars, if you're watching. <laughs> um, okay, you're seven for eight. Very good. Um, we're on to question number nine, which is, which of these rock songs does not include a bass intro? Is it A, No More Tears, B, My Generation, C, Ace of Spades, or D, Money? Are you familiar with all those songs, Mike? Uh I don't. Th I think the only one I don't know is Ace of Spades. Okay. I was thinking Ace of Bass. Don't turn around. That's what I was kind of hoping it was. Uh, I Ace, wanna... of, Ace of Spades is by Motorhead. Okay. And Lemmy was in Motorhead, correct? Yes. And he's. We've already established he's God. Uh, I'm gonna say. Ooh. Okay. I'm gonna. Ooh, I'm gonna say my generation. Your, your answer is B, my generation. That does yep. not include a bass intro. That's right. Yes, it has a little bass solo section, but it does not have a bass intro. All the other songs start with bass. You are eight for nine. Um, I see that look on your face, Tony. Do you feel? <laughs> hey, he's a fellow drummer, man. I support him. We, we're in this together. 
rappers aren't in competition with each other, Steve. I mean, not like bass and guitar players. Come on. I, bass players don't compete with anybody. We're in our own little corner. There you go. World. In fact, do, do you know how to spot the, the drummer in the crowd at your show? He's the guy like having the best time looking at you being like, cool, Phil, cool, Phil. And then like the guitar players are all just pissed off in the back. Yeah. Farm's the drummer's having a blast watching you play drums. Yeah. yeah. Question number 10. This is it. How often do bass players usually change their strings? Is it A, once a month, B, for every gig, C, <laughs> once or twice a year, or D, never? Like professional bass players? Is that what we're saying? Or are we just saying in general? In general, usually bass players, how often do they change their strings? I think many would say never, uh, and I don't think any would say every every gig. So ah, I feel like if you're talking on average, I'm saying once or twice a year. That's right. Yeah. Once or twice a year. Yeah. Like, eh, I guess I should I change I like drum heads. Like, eh, I'll change them out today. Yeah, pretty much. That was why I guess the question because if you're a pro, you're going to change Matt every gig or every other gig. Text right. the whole set, you know? Yep. So you got nine out of 10, right, Mike? And Tony got seven out of 10. Ooh. So you, Mike Schulte, are the reigning champion. Stop the drummer. I'd like to thank my mom for buying me my first drum set and putting up with the terrible noise that came from the basement for many years. <laughs> it's so funny because tony did the same thing last week he, he thanked he's like i'd like to uh, thank my mom thank <laughs> it's the first thing i've ever won that's right yeah your uh certificate will be uh in the mail so uh thank you thank you expect it to arrive six to ten weeks from now <laughs> your hundred dollar amazon gift card all right Ooh. Are you footing the bill for that, Tony? Okay, cool. <laughs> so do you lost? Phil, Phil was just telling me that it's a new option that we have on the show. I didn't really clarify with him who was paying for it. I just figured it was part of the budget. <laughs> it is. We'll, we'll talk to accounting. <laughs> Make a note of that. All right. So, all right. I was alluding to this earlier about your last podcast where you talked about this topic about uh, uh, how you're, you're doing your marketing online, on Facebook, how you're doing your promoting, and you did a, an experiment. And I, I, like you mentioned during this podcast, you're like, I love math and I love doing it and getting these numbers. I'm the same way. And I, I love the fact that you d made it scientific. You, you know, and you stuck with it where you said for three months, I'm going to do this for one month. And then the next month, I'm going to increase my, my, my post. And then the third month, I'm going to increase me more, measure my results and see what, what happened. And, uh, like I said, I made a whole page of notes right here. So we're, but this may not be in order, but, but I want you to just give a quick recap of, of, of that process of, of where you thought of this idea and, and what, what, uh, you wanted to achieve from it. Yeah, I, I I run the social media accounts for my band and, and anybody out there that that does that, you understand how kind of frustrating things got. I, I feel like around July, August, September, October, things just no matter what you posted, it just seemed like nothing. Nobody saw it. Engagement was down. We have 24,000 Facebook followers and 500 people who were seeing it. And that that's just wrong that's a crime to me that these people wanted to see your stuff 
and they can't because Facebook decided they they shouldn't see it, right? And I I I I'll, I'll admit it. I post very good content. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I I know what's right and I know what neat what looks good and what people respond to, and I post it. And I was posting. Um, I'd say five times a week on the pork tornadoes page leading up to this and numbers were terrible. So I decided to do an experiment. I wanted to know if, was I, was I doing too much? Was I doing too little? So in, uh, I guess it was November. I backed off. I hit like three times a week, right? For straight for the month. Then in December, I, I did, I went back to the five to six times a week. And then in January, I did something I've never done. I, I nearly posted twice a day. I got up to 40 something total posts for the month of January. And then I went back and analyzed it. And it was clear as day. The more that I posted, the more interactions I had on average, the more reach I had on average, the more shares I had on average, the more likes and follows that my page got on average. And, and they weren't they weren't huge numbers, right? We went from 5% of our fan base seeing our posts to like 20%, which, you know, okay, that's not a huge jump. But then when you add that up over the course of a month, it was like we had 150,000 more reach over the course of, of the month in January than we did in November. So I'm a firm believer that um, the amount of times that you are supposed to post per Lord and Savior Mark Zuckerberg is as many times as you possibly can, like 10 times a day if you possibly can. I, right. and, I, and I think that's what that experiment really brought out. Right. And, and I agree. And, and since it was three weeks ago, you, you did this. And one of the things you said during that podcast was that you were going to, all right, let me, I'm going to try to increase it a little bit more and see what happens. And, and have you done that? And what results have you seen? I, I, so I, I haven't, I've actually stuck, I've stuck where I, where I was in January because I'm trying to build up. I'm actually in the process of building up like a giant reservoir of things that can be regurgitated and changed. So I'm staying where I'm at. Uh, and then I think as we get into uh, February, March, April, when we're starting to promote summer again, that's when I think I'm going to maybe even up that and just get more. I've noticed Steve, you're posting more on what the terms of, what would you say three to four times a day on cover band central? Is that about what you're averaging? My page? Yeah. The, the cover band central page. I do 14 a day. See, and, and here's the crazy thing. And I said it in the podcast. You don't even, you think you're going to, you think you're going to piss off your fans because they're going to see all of this. They don't, they'll see two to three of those 14. So you, you're, you're never going to piss people. Off. And yeah, you you might lose fans if they say, if they see too many posts, but you didn't, they weren't a fan to begin with. You're just going to gain more from that. You are. And, and you did the research the right way. You experimented, you, you copy, you know, looked at the numbers and figured out, okay, this is like you just said before this without a shadow of a doubt that made a difference. The quantity of, of course you have to have quality posts too, but the quantity obviously made the difference. And when I heard you say on there, like, yeah, okay, maybe we'll try to increase it a little bit more. I was like, wait a <laughs> second. Why did, why doesn't he following what he just learned? Why isn't he saying oh, shit? Yeah, this does yeah. work. Let me increase it like double. Why, why don't I double it now and, and, and measure those results and then double it again. I mean, cause you figured it out. And, and I agree with you. I know it for a fact because of 
what I've done with the Cover Band Central page on Facebook and, and how often I post. I, I have scheduled slots for 14 posts a day, and I, I know what kind of post I'm going to put in each of those slots. And, and I started this years ago. I just figured out a formula that after experimenting, kind of like you were doing, just figured out a formula that was working. So I stuck to it, and it's, it hasn't really changed much in the last four years, my formula. Other than I, I added a couple more, I had, I was doing 11 a day for a while and then I went to 12 and now I'm at 14, but even sometimes it's even more than 14. Sometimes I'll just randomly post something that I find on, on the internet or, or people want me to share their live streams. I do that too. And dude, my post reach right now is for the last 28 days is 25 million. Uh, for, for, so you're saying post reach is that for like a, a period of a month or something like that? 28 days. That's. In, say that number one more time 25 million all because all because you did just a little bit more work to to build to get these posts ready to go and schedule them yeah i use a, a program called buffer i love it i i, I highly recommend it um you could i think it's bufferapp.com and uh the, there's a free version that you can do up to uh, it's it's generous it's um at least a couple a day but i do you know 14 a day. So I, I do a paid version, which is also very affordable. Um, it's, it's drag and drop. It's, you know, it's easy to, to move things around and I, I highly recommend it. So I, I use that. So I have right now posts scheduled for the rest of the week, you know, so I don't, so it just goes out automatically. Um, but then again, I do call an audible and I'll, I'll change something here and there, or I'll, I'll, if something major happens in the world of music, I'll, yep. You know, yep. I'll do something there, share something. Steve, um, how much time do you think it takes you in a week to get that many posts teed up? Because if you're doing, are you doing seven days a week? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Seven days a week. Yeah. That's what I mean. So you're up to, you're 100 posts plus a week. Mm -hmm. And that's why I have that post reach, Mike. I mean, that's, that's, that is the major reason. And, and, and there's a lot more to it with the quality of the post, too. Um, and, and I mean, there's a lot more to it. So I, I do want to kind of talk about that because I think this is really important for everybody to learn. It's, it's, it's so super easy to do, you know, I got, I got one question though. Hang on. Not to sure. you. Yeah. Going to. So back to Mike's <laughs> previous point, he said, you know, he knows what to post. He's good at it. He knows what looks good and what works. Right. So, thinking about how much time it would take to develop the posts, Mike, right. To be cognizant that they're quality and you're doing, you know, at the most, you said you were doing uh, what, 10 a week or 10 a day. What'd you say it was uh, at, at the most for me, I, I hit about 40 to 50 a month. So I was hitting, you know, two, two, maybe an average of two to three a day. Okay. So yeah. So say 10 a week. Like, okay. So just at that point. So 40 a month and Steve, you're at a hundred a month plus, right? So yeah. how, just so, just to give the audience like a, an idea of how much preparation does it take? Like if you already have a week queued ahead, then technically if you're still working on it every day, you have the week stuff plus your audibles. So you always have a library of content, right? Ready to post. Yeah. There's a big difference though, between what I'm doing and what Mike does or what any other band would do as far as the, 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 uh, the content. Because I'm sharing stuff that it was mostly stuff that was created by somebody else. I'm just, I'm just curating content and then sharing it. I mean, I do create my own content. I write articles for the website and I create some memes as well. 
in Mike's case, he's, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but I think that all of your content is branded. Is that correct? For the most part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll try to have something on there that, that, you know, who, you know, who it's from just in case you're scrolling through. Right. Um, well, it, it's, so it's a big undertaking for you to, to do that many posts. And if you want to do a hundred posts like Steve's doing of original content, you, you would need, it would be a second job or you need, you need someone to help you. It really would. I think at some point, if you're an entity like a band, at some point you're going to get capped out on on just how much you can generate. But a lot of the like the news newspapers, Steve at Cover Band Central, uh, a website that has featured us before called Whiskey Riff, they, they can just they can share the same articles over and over. Sometimes they can share just oh here's a picture of a bushlight can and everybody loves bushlight, right? You know. But when it's a band, and, and that was a lot of the pushback I got from people in my my area that listen to my podcast they're like how i don't even want to put in that much work it's too much work and what's the benefit that i get a little bit more reach on my post and a little bit more fans and i don't feel like they were looking at it from the right perspective uh that in that steady increase in in fans equals more money for you in the future as a band as a as an entity and, and I just, it's worth it to me. I, I, I'm very proud of this band and I'm very proud of our image. And I always think about, I'm always just going, Oh, that would be cool. And then I'll run into my room real quick and kind of like make a note and say, Oh, do something like this, put something like that together. I made, it's going to come out next week. I made our logo into the Mandalorian logo. Like, <laughs> because like, Hey, everybody likes the Mandalorian, right? Here's our version. So it's really not that hard. And, and that's what I'm always harping at. If you are in a cover band and Bill runs the social media just because Bill has always run the social media and he has the passwords, but he's not good at social media and he's not passionate. You have to have a conversation with Bill and be like, Bill, you're not good at this. I want to do this. I'm good at graphic design. I have ideas. I know how to grow. I've been listening to these podcasts. You, you got to have those conversations because have you guys ever heard of hairball? No, they're, they're, they're a Midwest um, band, they're one of the original tributes where the band stays the same and multiple singers come in and they're dressed like the, 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 the singers of the eighties, they play the hair metal stuff. They're huge. They have a 150,000 followers on Facebook. They post every day. They took a, they took a sabbatical for about a month where they didn't post anything. And, and if anybody out there is familiar with the Facebook page, you can do a thing. You can go to your insights and you can add other pages, other bands to see how their posts are performing and how you compare to them. So I, I compare myself to other bands. They have 150,000 followers. They didn't post for a month after building this ravenous everyday posting thing. And when they came back with that one post a month later, it only it only reached 2% of their fan base. Right. It, Facebook immediately suppressed them, said you're not important anymore. Yeah, you have to do it consistently. Mm -hmm. That's something I found out because like I, I had this injury last year, broke my arm in June and then for, for really like a month. And that was kind of the first time it, it, since I started covering central, I just stopped posting. I was like, you know, I was, I was feeling down and I was like, I was hurting physically and I, I could, it was difficult to even just kind of get on the computer. So I just, I was like, screw it. I'm, and I just stopped. And it took, once I started going back in, it took a minute to get kind of back up to where I was. So consistency is super important, but I, I, you know, I, I think that there's unlimited 
content, even if you're just a band, you just have to get super creative. And and there's it, it it's actually kind of simple because the things that get the most engagement on on Facebook are, are photos and videos. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have I'm sure you have a ton of photos and especially memes get get engagement. That's why I share memes. So you can go and like take a photo get a little pork tornadoes logo, stick it in the corner of that photo and then go to, to meme better or, or any of those meme sites, make a meme. Boom. That's content. In there. You know yeah. what? One of the best performing ones was over that course of three months. It was just a photo of our singer looking out over a crowd with his mouth open, speaking into a microphone and all it said, it was a simple photo. It just said, caption this wrong answers only. And yeah, that's good. went to town on, on commenting and going nuts on it. And that was, it's it was it took zero of all the stuff I've made that have taken hours that took no time. I just yeah, oh. dude. I mean, I have found the same thing. Like I'll I'll do research on stuff on on, on some topic and like spend like eight hours right crafting an article, reason the right words, editing, editing, and then making sure it's good and then nobody sees it. And then I spend half hour writing an article about uh, Robert and Toya Fripp where she's got a her see through shirt on. Yep. And boom. I mean, <laughs> so it's like okay. But but you can use that to your advantage, that knowledge of like, okay, I don't need to spend eight hours making content. I could just make a bunch of memes in in one sitting and then post one each day. Um, videos too, and, and short videos, like, you know, with the popularity of TikTok, you can do a 15 second video of something, of somebody in the band saying something or telling a joke or, or loading gear. or I mean, there's so many things you can do. And then each day you can like you want to celebrate something always. Mm-hmm. Like it was a year ago today that we first yep. played this song. It was a year ago today that we played at this venue. It was a year ago. It, it's somebody's birthday today. It's somebody's dog's birthday. You know, like whatever. I mean, you could. There's really an unlimited amount of content if you just get a little creative, and then it, come up with categories like that. Like here's my video, my 15 second video category. Here's my meme category. Here's my inspiration like the 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 rules i follow on cbc are what i post has to be inspirational educational or entertaining and it has to fit under one of those and i make sure i hit each of those every day yep so once you get in the routine then then it starts like you've seen it starts to grow and and you you could also pepper it with your more robust time-consumed undertakings you know to post so you could like if you wanted to post a hundred things in a month, you know, maybe 10 of those are real quality and the other 90 are filler. We'll call them. Right. Yeah. Just so you have that presence. Cause like you said, as soon as you back off the throttle, you're getting buried again. Yeah. And you never really know what's going to work. You think no. things are going to work, but then you're like, no. And then something you think is, Oh, this is ridiculous. And then, you know, then it gets thousands of shares or something. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Yonker said, well, how do we, how do we monetize that traffic? And there's, I think, I think that's kind of a broad answer because you don't, you can't just monetize it just because you have all this reach. It doesn't equal money, but it it equals money in a lot of things. The more, the more people you have on the page, the more eyes you have on videos. So if, if, if you're getting close to monetizing on YouTube or, or if you're getting your TikTok up and you're trying to send people to your other platforms, it's easier to send larger quantities to those platforms. And as much as we want to pretend like it doesn't matter, it does matter how many likes your Facebook page has yeah. when, when you're talking about money. I mean, the, the more fans we've gotten, 
the more our price has increased as a band. So it's not a, it's not a general, like, you know, you will see X amount of dollars come back, but your popularity equates how much you can charge, you know, and, and, and then how many more people you can get onto your YouTube to where you can actually make money. And yeah, I, I, and the more merch you can sell, I, I don't know. It's just a, you can't quantize it, but it's there, you know, it's there. We're making more money than, than we made five years ago. I know that for a fact, you know? Right. And there are options on Facebook to make money. If you have a page with you, with a lot of people on there and it's active, um, that there are options that, Facebook gives you. Uh, there's a brand collaborations yep. uh, thing that you can sign up for. Um, you can take tips. You can do either through PayPal or, or, or Facebook has a tip thing. Um, you could start putting ads in your videos. If you put videos up often, which is something I'm going to start doing on CBC every day. I'm, I'm, I have a theme for every day. We talked about it last week. Um, and just quick three, four or five minute videos about some sort of topic every, every weekday. And that this way I get more minutes viewed and then i can because you have to have a certain amount of minutes for on facebook before you can actually monetize it but you can you just have to have the content um and yeah like you said this merchandise there's, there's a ton of ways for you to do it um if you have a website drive people to your website maybe put ads on there get other people to spawn to you who knows the sky's the limit yeah it's it's just you can't you can't put a you can't go this is the pathway to it it just sort of the the more fans you have the more things you can do right yeah more opportunities develop from that too right and then that's going to pull you down a different path and you know like you said you just have to go along for the ride mm -hmm. motivated enough to to keep rowing the boat yep yeah and make sure you're having fun which is one of the things i love about you guys it's very clear that you're having fun nobody's phoning it in nope we we always say that well, we play we play the same show for five people or twenty thousand people. It's just we genu we rehearsed together in the same room uh, Sunday, and it was just like we played four songs because all we were doing was talking and laughing and telling stories. It's just yeah. it's it you, if you're not in a band with people you like, I, I hear stories of bands that they they never hang out other than when they are playing shows, and you're kind of like, ah, oh, that sucks, you know. I, I these are my best friends, you know. Yeah, and that's kind of why, like, for I don't know if it was for you, but for me, we when we, when I started playing, it was like I was hanging out with my friends. We were just jamming and hanging out and yeah, trying to trying to get beers somehow, and and then trying to get girls, <laughs> sometimes succeeding, and you having see, fun. Yeah. You see, JC Pico said that his band covers they cover our version of Tennessee whiskey. That's a that's a hell of a statement. I really uh, appreciate that, man. I did and, see and, that. Oh, there it is. Okay. So that's a cover. So JC is a cover of 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 a cover is, is what JC plays. <laughs> yes. That's pretty cool, JC. Uh, the, yeah, you're, the cover you guys did of Tennessee Whiskey is fantastic, uh, along with everything else that you guys do. I'm, I'm a big, I'm a musician, but I'm a big fan of your band. And um, you, everybody out there should be too. Um, this is the way you, the the pork tornadoes goes. <laughs> this is the way the pork tornadoes. Um, and I, I didn't see. You have a website that's active. That's uh, it's currently being revamped. We've had okay. the same website for a long time, and I'm trying to practice what I preach. So we we took it down, and and we yeah, we're a couple of weeks away from uploading the the new revamped version with new pictures and new videos. Uh, yeah, we're. We're practicing what we preach. Also, you you mentioned TikTok. I don't know if you guys are on TikTok. No. But 
that is single-handedly the fastest growing social media platform that we've done of any of them. Really? We, we started it uh, three months ago, have 15,000 followers already, 1.5 million views. Uh, like if you don't, if you don't have a TikTok as a band, I recommend just doing it and just seeing what happens. Uh, I got to get on. To, I, I have it for me, but I've never once used it. So had a guy, had a guy message, write a comment on our TikTok video that said, Hey, never heard of you guys before. This video randomly, randomly showed up my feed. I followed you, looked you up on YouTube, watched all your videos, and then found out that you're coming to Omaha in April. That's where I live. I just bought tickets to your show like that. That little interaction just randomly happened because of the internet and because of social media, which as much as I hate on social media, it's such a powerful thing. I can't give it up. Yeah, don't Don't hate on it. Love love it. Embrace it. Oh, it's so, I hate it. It's brutal. brutal. (laughs) Because it'll make love to you just like that. So I got to get on TikTok and get that done. Um, All right. You got to leverage it to your advantage, you know? (laughs) Right. All right, we're at an hour here. Mike, thanks so much again for um, coming on, and you're welcome anytime. Um, And you can hang out, too, after we end the show. We'll we'll chat a little bit, too. Um, But check out Mike's band. Again, let me put it up on the screen. The Pork Tornadoes, they are one of the best out there, for real. Um, They're doing everything right. They're very entertaining. They're very good musicians and very cool people and all the things that you want in a band. So uh, look them up on Facebook. Go like their page. Follow them on Instagram and everywhere else they are. And uh, and TikTok. And TikTok, baby. Yeah. TikTok goes o'clock. <laughs> and as always, uh, there was the Whistle Whistle cover band, separate.com. You can sign up for a profile for free for you, your band, or both. And uh, go do that now. And uh, thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.